The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Hi there, I'm Rebecca Lowe. Welcome along to the latest edition of the Premier League on NBC podcast, where you can get the latest can't-miss content from NBC's coverage of one of the best leagues in the world. Be sure to tune in on weekends at 7 a.m. Eastern for Premier League mornings on NBCSN and Peacock Premium. But for now, we hope you enjoy the latest edition of the Premier League on NBC podcast. The beginning of a very difficult week for Pep Guardiola's men. Danny Higginbotham, what have we learnt today about this Manchester City team? Well, they are the champions. Mm. That's the performance. And they've made Chelsea look like also runs. I thought they were absolutely magnificent from start to finish. They nullified Chelsea. Um, you know, we spoke about the selection of Chelsea. It was obviously the wrong selection. I think Lukaku's better playing on his own. Mm. They had no support, neither of the, the front two players, but I just thought City were magnificent. And if anything, we could look as the season goes on. Manchester City's draw last week with Southampton could be a blessing in disguise, a little bit of a wake-up call from but they were sensational. Tim, it feels like that performance and that result maybe is a turning point, a shift for Manchester City's season. Well, it feels like that. And also, we talked about the start to this week, never mind the season. And you never want to go behind having to go to Paris and having to go to Anfield next week. So this feels really good for them to get off the start. And you saw there throwing their shirts into the crowd. There was a lot of hugs and a lot of, a lot of slapping around the back. They feel really good about this win, and they should. Football never ceases to amaze us because mm. I think most people thought that the momentum was with yeah. Chelsea. Yeah. They've been virtually flawless this season, yeah. almost since Thomas Tuchel came in. So for you, he just got it wrong from the beginning in terms of the shape and especially with the Werner and the Lukaku up top. I think so. What, what I would say, when you look at Pep Guardiola and the reason that he's considered one, if not the best coaches in the world, is that he doesn't concern himself too much about the opposition. Not as in terms of doesn't pay them respect, but he trusts his team. I think Tuchel put out a team today that was built to nullify Manchester City rather than to go and ask questions of Manchester City. And that's probably the difference between the two. And, you know, I think, I think it's a big thing. Pep Guardiola got it spot on. Title race. Mm -hmm. If we're neutrals in this title mm -hmm. race, my goodness, it's difficult to call. It's brilliant. brilliant. I mean, this season felt like there was going to be a few teams that had a chance, and right now it looks that way, absolutely. Well, the difference at Stamford Bridge was because of this man. He's Gabriel Jesus. Gabriel, that was a, a huge win today. Would you make it that performance? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, we, we prepared the game to to play good like always we try so yeah we come to play against uh, one of the best team in Europe you know the world champions so they play so good they have a lot of amazing players so we know that uh, it's gonna be difficult for us the game you know uh, come here on day home so yeah, we played very good and win the game. And you scored the goal, a little deflection, but you deserved that bit of luck because you had so much possession. Uh, yeah, yeah. You know, uh, how the, the way I play like a striker, I, I never, I think, can turn uh, probably because, you know, sometimes it's difficult to play um, back. So, yeah, I turned good and I can shoot. Yes, and a little bit of lucky, uh, but yeah, uh, I'm very happy to to score that goal. And the most important, I think, the everyone plays played so good, and we won the game. Pep, you must be very pleased with that result today, and the way you dominated the contest as well. Yeah, I just yeah, just three points, but the important ones, you know the 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 king of the Champions League because they won it and the way we played so the team always can uh, we can think uh, play good or play bad but always it doesn't matter where we play we try to do it and today the guys were outstanding so in, in this stadium against this opponent and uh, did what we have done 
and make me so proud and of course the result to, to these three points. You mentioned pride. What was the most pleasing aspect of the performance? The result, obviously, but was it the fact that you had so much of the ball that you dominated? Must come here and do our game. So sometimes you cannot do it because the opponent is better. Do it our game. So we were encouraged to press high, and they could not make the build up like they are a masters, and they are so good, and and that's why. That's why I'm pleased for the way we played. Thomas, what's your assessment of that game? Well, we, lo- we lost. We lost the game, and I think we lost. The, the City deserved to win. Uh, I think for 60 minutes we were very, very, or until the goal, we were very, very strong in the last 20 meters of the field, but only there, unfortunately. And there are other like uh, 80 meters left where we were not not good enough today to escape pressure, to have uh, ball possession, and not only ball possession to breathe, but also ball possession to switch off play, to to hurt them. To um, and 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 uh, to grow in confidence. This never happened in first half. Also in second half. And uh, okay, then then we conceded. Until then, we we defended very very well. Like I said, the the box and the goal was excellent. But this was the only part of the match. So the the performance was not complex enough. It was simply overall not on our very best level. And you need very best level. To, to push a game like this to your side. Uh, after the goal, it felt a little bit like more like uh, that the belief in winning is, is bigger than the fear of losing something. I don't know why. And, and we, we tried to push and uh, got the crowd behind us. City got a bit tired and, and uh, we could create more deliveries and more situations around the box. Uh, then it was a very open game, of course, an emotional game. But like I said, never on our highest level, and that's why you cannot expect to get a result. It's always possible to turn things around and to have one delivery with uh, more precision and, and to header maybe and get an equalizer. But in general, we, we can accept because, uh, like I said, it was not our best game. Holly, first Premier League defeat of the season. What are your thoughts? Obviously disappointed because uh, it's an offside. It's the goal, so unfortunate to um, to have that decision against you. You had the opportunity, obviously, to get a point. The penalty. What did you make of it? Now, first of all, the way they get round the penalty spot, get round Bruno and all that. That's not to my liking but I do understand it we shouldn't shouldn't be that way Bruno's normally very good in those positions and unfortunately just uh, missed this one do you think that got in his head today no and doesn't get into Bruno's head he's uh, strong mentally and uh, he'll um, he'll step forward again was he always definitely going to take the penalty first choice today <laughs> the decisions made before the game yeah what did you lack today then well, Final third, the quality in the final third. Uh, you know, you got around about 30 attempts. Uh, you tried to shoot, loads of them were blocked. Decision making there, maybe, and the quality uh, in the finishing. Team, what an extraordinary end to that game. But you've made history, a win here at long last after such a long wait. Yeah, first time since 2009. I think Gabby scored the winner last time. Uh, it's been a long time coming. I think our performance levels have been good. Uh, the last couple of times we've been here um, and what that does it gives an awful lot of belief to, to the players now um, you know we went to Chelsea went toe to toe we came here and went toe to toe they probably had a lot more, a lot more chances than us but there were smaller chances because uh, they got in areas where we got really good blocks but we had some really big chances in this game today and I thought we deserved the win Talk us through the end to that game first your goal and then the penalty what were your thought process? Yeah I mean listen I think when we play three centre halves we're going to be stronger set piece wise um, added height uh, you know Courtney House is a colossus uh, in the air and um, you know we cause them problems from set pieces so you know we get that goal and we just want to see the game out then and probably inevitable whenever we play Manchester United we give a penalty away and extremely harsh I'm not sure where he's meant to put his arm because it's going down towards his side comes at him very quick and they give the penalty and probably justice was done Glad you're with us today. Ahmed here with Danny and Tim. Brentford, two wins, three draws, just one loss on the year. Now they earn a point against Liverpool. How good have they been? Oh, they've been absolutely amazing. This is why the Premier League, in my opinion, is the greatest league in the world. You know, Liverpool, one of the greatest teams in European football. They come to what Thomas Frank calls a bus stop in Hounslow. 
and Brentford putting a performance like that is just incredible and they're an absolute joy to watch. Is this a situation where Brentford earned the point yeah. and Liverpool did not just give two away? Yeah, and, the, and look, Liverpool didn't do a ton wrong. I mean, Brentford played really, really well. I think they're just a breath of fresh air with the way that Thomas Frank sets his team up and got a really good goalkeeper and, and, and David Raya. He just makes a ton of saves. Mm. Really good with his feet, as you mentioned, during the game. And, I, and the two up front, Tony and Mboma, I mean, Tons of energy throughout that team, but that pairing up front is is so tough to handle. And listen, they played against the best center back in the Premier League, possibly in the world, in Van Dyke, and they and they gave him tons of trouble. I think what you have to remember the identity of the club. They've lost players like Ben Rama, like Watkins, like Mope over the years. They have two directs of football. They work two transfer windows in advance because they know the players that they're likely to lose. So it's no surprise that this happens. It's just a team with the right foundations that are just going to keep climbing. Little debate if we can give man of the match to Raya. You say yes. Mm -hmm. no. You say no. We can see three. Sadly, even though I think he played well, he is still he very, very good. Uh, you maybe could give it to anyone on that club right now, and they probably feel like it. Let's go back out to the stadium. It is still buzzing out there. Arlo and Graham, great job as always. Uh, what do you make of this result today? Amazing. This place is bonkers, Ahmed. At the moment, the Brentford uh, players and Thomas Frank are doing a lap of honor. It's like a party here. Look, they've got a draw against Liverpool. What a game of football. And what a breath of fresh air for the Premier League they are. It's fantastic, but they've got to get in. They've only got a point. They dropped two uh -oh. points today. You're turning get into in. Lee Dixon. <laughs> no, it's absolutely fantastic. And as the guys were saying in the studio, Tim and Danny, that the, the, the identity of the team, their work rate, their togetherness, they're enjoying it. It's all positive. And I think it, it just goes to show it's a blueprint to compensate for their weaknesses. Yeah. You know, they're not they're not big spenders. They can't be. They've got to work on a budget. They've got to be the club that that, that they want to be within their resources and how they've built. But it's a fantastic start to the season for them. And they and like you said in commentary, they went toe-to-toe -to -toe with Liverpool yeah. and really kept that belief from minute one to minute 90, even though at 3-2 I thought Liverpool should have been out of sight. In amongst the joy here for the home fans, Jurgen Klopp will be reflecting upon two drop points to go three clear at the top of the table. Yeah, missed chances, and, and, and they'll know better than anyone that you've got to be clinical, you've got to keep going through that process. You get the chance, score the goal. If you're offside, you're offside. Mo Salah should be scoring that goal, Mane should be scoring another goal and then that would have made their final 15-20 minutes comfortable. In the end, it was a fantastic point for Brentford, and what an amazing match, a credit to both yeah, teams. Yeah, great atmosphere here, Ahmed, and the North London derby tomorrow that we'll be at has a lot to live up to. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Good morning, happy Sunday. Hope you're having a lovely morning wherever you're joining us across the United States. I'm Rebecca Lowe here on Sunday Morning Duty with Tim Howard and Robbie Earle. So I just went through the results from yesterday. Yet again, a brilliant day of Premier League action. So Tim, I'm going to start with you. What was your biggest takeaway? So many, so many good ones yesterday. Um, I think of Jamie Vardy scoring a brace. I think of, of, of City you know, letting their title rivals, Chelsea, know who's boss. But for me, Brentford coming from behind twice against Liverpool. I thought they were they're ninth in the table on merit. They, they impressed me. They surprised me. Thomas Frank has them playing really good football. Not overcomplicated. They play with three in the back. They get enough numbers forward. But in terms of their passing, really simple. They've got a ton of hard workers, a belief in the team. And then Tony and Mbomo, two up top. Nobody in world football plays two up top anymore. They do. Van, Virgil van Dijk, best defender in this league, best defender in the world. They gave him a torrid time. And, again, they were good value yesterday. And then, of course, after, at the end of the game, lapping up all the applause that they deserved. And it's like this is what football is about. When you look at Brentford, how they're playing, how the community and the fans react to them, this is football. They've come up, of course, from the championship mm -hmm. with that following win. So how much is this, the momentum from that? Or can this actually last? It's both. It, 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 they definitely have the momentum and the belief, um, and it'll last. It's, it's the belief in the, each other, in the manager, in the club, in the way they operate. This feels good, and I think it'll continue. A romantic Tim Howard. Normally it's mm. a romantic Robbie yeah. Earl. So from your Saturday, mm. what, what stood out? Not so romantic for me, Rebecca <laughs> Lowe. And, and I can feel a Lady Lowe kind of question lurking in the background. <laughs> Is Ollie the right man? I've got to go to Manchester United. 1-0 defeat against Aston Villa. Um, we're talking about Manchester United. Finished second in the Premier League last season. They buy Varane. They buy Chancho. They get Ronaldo in and the media goes crazy. And we see this team that we think is ready to go, is a lift. 
And then recent results have been lost to young boys in the Champions League, lost to West Ham in the League Cup, which you'll say mm, maybe didn't matter so much, lost to Aston Villa now in the Premier League. And I'm sort of wondering, is this just a more expensive, expensive version of what we saw last season? Is, is, is anything changed? Mm. They were disjointed at the back. I did the commentary on this game. They didn't play out particularly well. They didn't create an awful lot. Yes, Maguire and Shaw got ended. Yes, Bruno blasted penalty. They usually scores over the top. But in terms of Manchester United's football and being where they need to be, they were short again, Rebecca. And six Premier League home games they lost last season. A defeat yesterday. You know, they don't want to get in that habit again. You mentioned the League Cup. Ole Gunnar Solskjaer still hasn't won any silverware since he arrived at Manchester United nearly three years ago. So actually going out of one at such an early stage, that is disappointing. That is a worry, isn't it? It's, it's certainly a worry. I mean, OK, it's Champions League group stage. They have time to recover. You still don't want to lose to young boys and get knocked out of a cup, whether you prioritise that cup or not. You're meant to win those things at Manchester United. Losing a home game, again, going behind. Mm. Once again, this is what they do under Solskjaer. It's not good enough. It's not good enough, and, and eyebrows will be raised. Look, I'm, I'm one that thinks he has the tools in the toolbox now. He should get to the end of the season and then see if there's a trophy that was won or, or, or some sort of measuring stick. I don't know if, that, if we get that far if, if results continue like this. You're talking about eyebrows will be raised. Yeah. How high will they be raised? I mean, how, at what point could his job come under threat? What has Drop, to happen? Drops out the top four, doesn't make it through the group stage of the Champions League. They will look at that, Rebecca. And Antonio Conte is out there, available, and he's a winner. It would be a fit for this football club. I know he comes in and sometimes upsets one or two people, but I tell you what, you wouldn't mind upset if he wins you the Premier League title. You're liking Conte at United? Yeah, yeah he's a winner, as Robbie said. Jürgen, we thought it might be a battle, and it turned out to be a brilliant one. Just tell us how you enjoyed that. Not sure that enjoys the right word, but um, it was a, not sure if you used that phrase, but a wild ride. Um, they deserved their three goals for the way they, they played. Uh, we obviously couldn't deal with that properly with these long balls today for different reasons. Um, we should have scored more goals. We had incredible chances. They had, I think, one more first half when Joel cleared off the line pretty much. Second half, can't remember any chances of them apart from the goals. And I said they deserved it. They deserved it. We, we, we played offensively or with the ball. I don't think you can control them much better. So because we created a lot of chances, clear-cut chances, um, played offensive really well, but couldn't deal with them today defensively. When you look back at the chances, will, will you look at Mo Salah's one where he just chipped it over and will that be the one that keeps you up? No. No, these things happen. It was brilliant play. Diogo's, the pass from Robbo to Diogo, Diogo turns, two touches, Sadio, Sadio, one touch, next pass, and more alone from the goal. It's brilliant football. And then you have to accept that. More scores usually in these situations, today not. There's absolutely nothing to say about um, They, I, I really liked how we, how we connected up front, how we played together. That was, that was all good. How I said, we should have scored more. But then... Look, if we win 3-2 or 4-3, we still had these struggles defensively. That's how it is. They did incredibly well. Eh? Tony and Bumo really did really well. Um, and so it was really tricky for the boys. But first half, it was more um, like the second balls we didn't pick up in midfield. And then second half around the goals, it was just they, def they deflect the balls and are always in a better position than us. We, we can do better in this situation, we just didn't today. And that's then, of course, not really satisfying. But, um, how I said, spectacular game. And um, Brentford deserved the point. Thomas, thank you so much for, for coming over to join us. I said congratulations when you came over and you said, but we didn't win. So how do you feel after the game? Proud, I must say. I think we went toe to toe with uh, one of the three best con uh, teams in the country this moment in time. Uh, one of the best teams in Europe. They've proven that the last three years. Um, and I think we got a well earned, deserved point. We were very brave throughout the game. Um, and of course, our moment is valuable, could have scored as well. But you need a little, you know, luck or, or quality in the saves or blocks. 
but also felt we had other opportunities. Um, I actually felt that the first two goals we should avoid it in terms of defending better. But, you know, no toe-to-toe, brave, played forward, very, very pleased. You weren't going to sit back in this game, but was it a bit more open than either you expected or you would have liked? Yeah, I, yeah, yeah at times, yes, because the thing actually where Liverpool are the, the most dangerous are on these counters where they're running and they're so many, committing so many runs um, uh, forward. Uh, so... But it's difficult because we also want to go high. We also want to be brave. Um, so, but at times, yes, a little bit too open. It was an incredible spectacle for us. We really enjoyed the game. Did it feel, I think there was a 93rd minute. Did that pretty much sum up the game? You could have scored. Yeah. Virgil van Dijk made a great, yeah. great saving tackle on Ivan Tony. Then your keeper makes a great save as well. Yeah. Did that pretty much sum the game up? It's like a basketball match at times. Yeah, I agree. But I also think that summed up that both teams want to go for the win. You yeah. know, even it was 3-3. And we all know uh, it's a massive point for us against a, a top team. Uh, but uh, we still try to go for the win. And of course, Liverpool will go for the win uh, always. Now, the boot room this morning. Harry Kane, mm. we are looking ahead to the Northampton mm. derby. And interestingly, many people, of course, having their say. When you're the England captain, when you're Harry Kane, everybody mm. wants to have their say. This morning in one of the uh, newspapers in the UK, Graham Souness, former Liverpool yeah. player, manager, many things, talked about the positioning of Harry yeah. Kane. Robbie, and that's where I want to start with you. Mm. Is he coming too deep? I suppose that's the obvious observation, Rebecca, which is always going to happen. But some would suggest last season he was coming deep, scored 23 goals and had 14 assists, mm. topped the league in, in both. Look back over his last five seasons, Rebecca, 23 goals, 18 goals, 17 goals, 30 goals, 29. Three-time Golden Boot winner. So the history is there of a guy who misses some games with injury. The positional thing I think is interesting. Back in the day... Everybody played 4-4-2, four, four, four defenders, four midfield, two strikers. There was no rotation. There was no change in positions. Mm. You stayed in those spots. The modern-day tactic, the modern-day structures are that things rotate, people move. Harry Kane does that, and often to good effect. When he does that, Sun can make runs, Lucas can make runs, Bergwijn can make runs. So I wouldn't just jump on, on that. What I would say is... Now and then, he needs to just get himself in the 18-yard box. That's where goals are scored. More often than not, stay around that six-yard box. Give us those natural goal-scoring instincts and the goals will come in the Premier League. Well, I think the difference is that last season he was dropping back and dropping deep, but also getting in the 18-yard mm. box. Tim, at the moment, as things stand, he's played four Premier League games. He has had ten touches in the opposition's box. Mm. Across those four games combined, mm. where do you stand on his positioning? Well, I, I'm, with, I'm with Robbie. I, I think when you look under Pochettino, they were a free-flowing football team, right? So all he had to do was get himself right between the posts and he'd score the goals. Under Mourinho and, and under Nuno, the sp- he's a clever footballer. Mm-hmm. They drop deep. They defend on the edge of their 18-yard box. Where's the space? He comes into the space to get the ball off the, the fullbacks and the defenders who are miles away. He can't stand up there on his own. So he drops deep. He ends up playing with Son, who's been brilliant, who we've seen actually can carry a team on his own. And he's become the outlet. So really, what we're saying is he's a clever footballer. He finds a space. and He figures out a way to not only lead the Premier League in scoring, but in, but in assists as well. So, look, what you're talking about in terms of this season – I think that has to do with the transfer saga this year, this summer. I think his head's been turned. He, he's scored outside of the Premier League. He scored three goals in the Cups. So this is still a classy, world-class goal scorer, and he will find the goals. OK, let's talk about what you just brought up, because mm. that's the very evident yeah. elephant mm-hmm. in the room. It's, actually, yeah. it's not even an elephant in the room. So we're all talking about the yeah. elephant, the non-transfer to mm. Manchester City. Robbie Earl, put yourself in his shoes. Imagine you're Harry Kane. Mm. What happened happened over the summer. You probably thought you were going to get away. Mm -hmm. It didn't happen. You're 28 years old. Mm. Where are you mentally? Obviously, it's difficult to get in Harry's head. I'm going to give you the best example I can, Rebecca, of how I think it feels and having been in the situation. I'll talk about physical first. Sometimes you have a bad injury. You might have a bad knee or ankle. I had a bad foot injury uh, during the middle of my career. After that injury... I had to adapt my game and play differently to make sure I could play week in, week out. It changed the way I thought. It changed the way I moved. It changed some of the things I did on a football pitch because my head was telling me, don't get back in that position where you're going to get another injury. So that's physical. The same thing can happen mentally where your mind is sort of saying, 
the move didn't happen. Am I going to win silverware? You know, what, what's the challenge for this year? Are we going to be in the Conference League? Is, is that something that we're going to win? I just think that mentally there's a bit of a, a block in there now for Harry. That, that, that disappointment, it almost feels like a bad injury, that it's restricting him. And he's somehow got to break free from that. Now, North London derby, he scores goals. You know, he's got the record amount of goals in that. This might be something that kickstarts him. But there is something in there that just restriction. It's not nothing that you can, OK, this week I'm, I'm, I'm fine. Everything feels fine. But deep down that disappointment has to come out somewhere. I mean, he's human. You mm -hmm. know, whether you like what he did or you don't like what he did, he's a human being and he's disappointed. So, Tim, I guess the question is, how long will this last, mm. this disappointment, and how does he go about getting through it? Well, I feel for, I feel for Harry Kane because I, I think he did the right thing. He, he, he's given brilliant service to Tottenham Football Club. He wants to move away to win trophies to bigger clubs. That, you know, whether Tottenham fans like that or not, so he, so he, he's done. He, he's done what he's supposed to do as a footballer. My worry is he's not. We've seen down the years. There's certain players that will go. You know what? Put me in reserves. Go make me train with that. I'm going to get this move no matter what. I don't think that that's in Harry Kane's DNA. I don't think that's in his makeup. But I do believe in the back of his mind he wants to leave. He wanted to leave this summer. I think he'll want to leave again. I don't think he's resigned himself to the fact that he's going to be at Tottenham for the rest of his career. So I think that is weighing on his mind because he's not the type of character to force the move. So then do you think he can compartmentalise it to get back to scoring goals in the Premier League? Or do you think we're going to see this sort of hang over him mm. for most of the season until he gets a move? He's going to have to compartmentalise it. That being said... Yeah, I think you could. I think we could see a hangover. I think we are seeing a hangover from it. How long does it last? He's again, ultimately one of the classiest finishers we've ever seen. He will get the goals, as many as he has in the previous years. As Robbie pointed out, probably not. I mean, ultimately, it's about his age. Because if yeah, he was twenty-three yeah. or twenty-four, mm. then he's missed out on one big move. Correct. He's got plenty come of again, other time. Erling Holland and Mbappe. Exactly, and guys, but he's but, twenty-eight. Yeah. I guess if you're him, yeah. you're thinking. Potentially, if Levy never yeah. lets me go, yeah. I'm never going to win a piece of silverware. He, he's, only got, he's only got the, the Jimmy Greaves record and the things to chase and obviously the Alan Shearer record in the Premier League to chase, which are great. Mm -hmm. But when he looks at the end of his career, when he looks back, when he's sitting there with his kids and he looks in that, that cabinet and there's nothing in there, Rebecca, golden boots and individual awards, but there's no team, well, there's no titles, there's no Champions League, there's no FA Cups, mm -hmm. that's going to hurt him. Don't care how much money you got, don't care how many houses you can have and cars you want, those top players want to have those trophies in, in, the, in the cabinet. That can leave an empty feeling, I mm -hmm. suppose, when you retire, and that, that is maybe what he's foreseeing and is what he maybe is worried about, Tim. Well, particularly because of how, how beloved he is in England with the national team and the... He wants trophies, as, as, as Robbie rightfully said. None of the rest of it matters. Team trophies is, is the ultimate goal. Well, don't worry. They're going to go to the World Cup England and win the World Cup. So oh, they'll put yeah, that in play. the trophy cabinet <laughs> and then he'll be fine. Love it, Beckler. Thank you very much. That was this Sunday's boot room ahead, of course, of the North London derby a little bit later on this morning. We're going to hear from Connor Cody, the Wolves captain. But first, here is Raul Jimenez. A goal that pretty much the whole of football will welcome. Southampton apart. An unforgettable moment to you. Tell us how it felt to see that ball go in. Well, it felt, it felt really good after our good, go good, good work in this game. And I think uh, uh, five of our, no, four of our five games have been incredible. So we have to continue going like this. We know uh, that we can do it better, but I think we did a really good job and we deserve what we have now. Everybody knows just how important that goal was for you personally. You ran over to the Wolves crowd. What did it mean to you to see the joy on their faces, the joy on your teammates' faces as well? Yeah, I saw, I said uh, since last week that we lost there in, at home. I, I said that they are always with us. It doesn't matter if we lose or we win. They are always there supporting, and that's what I, what I think it's really important for a team uh, to have them uh, in our back and supporting and shouting. Uh, it, it doesn't matter where where we are, uh, they are there. The story of the day, Raúl Jiménez back on the uh, score sheet. Tell us about your emotions when you saw that ball hit the back of the net. Do you know what? Of just so so proud of what he's gone through, what he's done, what he's 
how he's got through the couch, he's shown the bravery, the courage, and then, listen, his goal was like the same all round, weren't it? It was something that we'd become accustomed to before he got injured, and then, obviously, that the injury hit, and it, it hit everybody hard. So, to see him score again today is absolutely incredible. And listen, like I said before, he really, really deserves it. He works so, so hard in training every week. He's been working on his finishing for since he's been back now, and, listen, what a goal it was, and I think we deserve it to win the game in the end. It would have been a nice story if it had just been a tap-in. But to score it like that, I mean, that's, that's put all question marks to bed, hasn't it? Do you know what? There's no question marks coming from our behalf. It was something where we believe in him no matter what. He's one of the best strikers in the world in our eyes. We're so, so lucky to have him in this football club. And listen, you see how he went about it. But like you said, a tap in, anything, anything he, he, he would have got would have been massive for us. But to score a goal like that shows his quality. And like I said, it's like the same old round before he got in. So we're made up for him, yeah. Do you remember a moment in training, whether it was days, weeks, probably months ago, when you thought, oh no, he's still got it, he is still the same Raul? Every day. Oh, every day, mate, every day. I've never, I've never once looked at it and gone, God, he's not the same Raul, he's not doing this, he's doing things, never once. He, he goes into training every day and gives 110% and gives the best of himself every day, like everybody does in our dressing room. And listen, like I said, he's an absolute pleasure to work with because of what he brings us and we know how lucky we are to have him now suggested that this could be a rebirth that we're seeing for Arsenal. Graham Lasso said he needs more convincing. Robbie L, where do you stand? Uh, rebirth or need convincing? I'm somewhere in between. Steps in the right direction, positive steps in the right direction. Today, Rebecca, this Arsenal team were well set up, well organised, prepared to fight and scrap when, when they needed to. And the biggest thing I would say about Arsenal is they were brave. And when I talk about brave, sometimes people think bravery is tackles and headers and winning. They were brave in possession of the ball. They passed the ball through Spurs in that first off. They got it into those three midfield players who dominated the game and, and got the three goals at half-time that end up being enough to win the game. And huge credit to Mikel Arteta, who I would say this is his biggest and best performance as an Arsenal manager. That's how big it was. To beat Burnley and beat Norwich 1-0, it's kind of OK and you get the three points. To beat Spurs in a North London derby and to be better than Spurs in a North London derby tells you everything about how good they were today. He's been in the job nearly two years. He did need a statement mm. victory. The beginning of the season wasn't great. How are you feeling about this rebirth? You said it there, prepared to fight. I, questions about this Arsenal team. They went to City and got beat and they didn't even look like they were fit to wear the jersey. Prepared to fight. I like the emotion. You talked about it in the tactic session. The hugging, the, the feel-good factor around the team. Mikel Arteta, I mean, it's almost like he's overreacting. It goes against what he seems to preach. Yeah, I like it. I like the fact that he's pumping his fist and that, that he cares that it means something because I think he understands this was a statement victory for him. How much is this Arsenal team about that trio, that Saka, mm -hmm. Smith-Rowe and Odegaard? An awful lot. Odegaard today, Rebecca, was brilliant. His tactical understanding, his finding of space, his ability to use the ball and take the ball in difficult situations was great. The only thing I would say is they're all young players, 20-something. Sometimes one might have a dip. You might have to take him out of the team. A Pepe might come in, a Lacazette might come in. We change things up. But while they're playing at the moment, let them play and let them keep bringing that energy and come through some bad times because the, the future looks bright with those kind of talents. Back to our commentary team up there on the gantry in North London, Graham Lasso and Arlo White. Gentlemen. Well, it's if Lee Dixon stays away, all goes well, doesn't it, Absolutely. for Arsenal in North London derbies? Um, I haven't experienced, we had that period, obviously, of playing behind closed doors, but I haven't experienced jubilation in this stadium on this level mm. for a long, long time. What, it, what impressed you the most about that Arsenal display? Yeah, the identity in the first half, the guys were talking about it in the studio. I think it's too early to say, look, this is their, their back, Arsenal are back. They've got a lot of work to do. But the way they played, the identity, the spirit of the team, the, the tactical side of things. Um, I think the exuberance of the young players as much as anything, you know, just the, the impact they're having on the whole team and, and, and the, the way that Arsenal play. So that's got to be really, really positive. The quality that they've, they've got in the team as well. Mm. I think Partey is, you know, goes about his business, very good pro. Um, and the excitement of Odegaard. I think he was, he's really impressed me today, Odegaard. Yeah, and there must be a couple of thousand fans that have stayed behind here because the interviews, the post-match interviews, still being held outside, which is somewhat awkward for Lucas Moura, who's taking some abuse down there. But there's been a huge roar for <laughs> Aubameyang and Emil Smith-Rowe. I mean, what a good player Smith-Rowe is yeah, as well. Yeah, he, again, he's, he's that sort of that group of youngsters that have come through. The development at Arsenal has always been very, very good. And 
these young players that are now getting their chance mm. to really shine and have a massive impact on the team because I think that's where it is a new Arsenal in the sense that, that these young players can carry um, the, the, the sort of the success of Arsenal if there is going to be yeah. success going forwards. Tottenham Hotspur discuss. Really difficult to say. I mean, it's it, it, for Nuno to come in and to have such a great start and then such an awful last sort of few weeks, he's got to try and find that middle ground. So for me, it's all about defence, work rate, togetherness. Stop conceding goals and then start to build. Harry Kane looks so out of sorts. I think the damage of that that move not move has had on him is going to is might drag on for a while um but they've got a huge amount to do um because the games start to come thick and fast and it's cruel when you're on the receiving end of defeats you know to pick yourself up and find form is difficult mm. but i you know I, he's a good coach and they've got a good set of players they just need to find something that they can use as as a base camp to build from arsenal arguably, Rebecca, their best day since they won the FA Cup. I can't think of many days that has got the entire stadium rocking like this in unison for a performance like that. We'll talk to you next week. Mikel, you can hear the crowd. Does it get much better than that as an Arsenal manager? No, this win is for them. They've been incredible in in tough moments when we needed their support and it doesn't get much better than the atmosphere that we saw today here. So it's just for them. Particularly in the first half, how good were your team today? Yeah, we started really strong, really convinced, really determined. It's probably one of the best uh, games that I've seen us play for that period in the first half. And uh, in the second half, we had to do what we had to do. So pleased to win the game and, and give it to them. I'm sure there's lots for you to be happy about, but what in particular did you like today? The determination, the conviction and the connection with, with our people in such a special day. They came here to do what we spoke before the game. They put it in an incredible way. And um, I don't know, this is all about football. It's the energy that you feel when you are here and, and the crowd is with you. Also as well, it's the first time you've had all of your players available. Did you have a real balance about your team today? Well, it was tough to leave uh, some players out because they all deserve to be with us. But um, I think the ones that they come and the ones they when they come in, I think they were fantastic. And we just need to keep everybody alive if they are fit because we're going to need everybody. You are obviously a young team, but what would you say we saw today of the interaction and the balance between your senior players and these young guns? That it was probably the exact mix that we need. The senior players stepped in. They dominated the game, the way our work today, the leadership of Granite, of Thomas, the senior players, and then the youth that is full of enthusiasm, vibe, and, and, and good energy. In a strange way, you didn't have it all your own way. Tottenham asked a few questions, particularly in the second half. Does that make it even better when you showed some resilience? He made the game in the last minutes very interesting. How significant does this win feel? Not just because it's a win, but also the manner of the win. <clears throat> That's probably it. It's not about winning as well as the way we've done it against a top team with top players. And in the most special day probably in the season when we played uh, our rivals. Let's be honest, you face questions about your team, what you're trying to do. What's today a good example of how you want to play and what your team want to do, what you want the team to do? Today is one example we are, we are trying to do. Now we have to be consistent, do it every game and, and do it better than what we've done in some aspects in the game. No, no, clearly not what you were looking for today. What do you make of the result and how it unfolded? The performance was not good. The performance was not good. Um, the game plan was not good. The decisions were not good. So it was not, um, it's not a good day for us. Definitely not a good day. You say the game plan wasn't good. Do you take responsibility for that? What was the game plan in the first half? Because you changed it at the interval. Um, I, I'm going to be honest with you, Jeff. I'm going to be honest with you. Uh, when we have a game plan, um, you have to, to make the right decisions in terms of who you want to, to put on the pitch to develop that game plan. So I take responsibility because the decisions were not according to the game plan. So I, I'm not going to individual tell what decisions I didn't do right, but um, the game plan was not according to the players that we were on the pitch. I understand what you're saying. Yeah. 
what's part of the problem, particularly in that first half? You were so deep, particularly in midfield. Yeah, and we didn't, we didn't, um, we, we were not aggressive enough to control uh, the dynamic of, of the midfield of the of Arsenal. They were more, they were faster, they were stronger, more aggressive. They gained second balls, and we suffer when when we we wanted to go in front and we didn't we allowed arsenal to always come come to us so by saying that um, bad decisions yeah tim how did you how did you see that last goal well it's exactly what robbie said that it was a miss kick from the goalkeeper it needed to go to the right that's where everyone was lined up but it still could have been defended they had enough numbers back to do that but Credit Brighton. We, we talked about, you know, did they have enough? Could they stay consistent on a day when they didn't really play that well? We'd agree they didn't play up to the standard that we're used to. Found a way to get a result. Lessons learned for Patrick Vieira. Yeah. Unfortunately, really harsh lessons because his team played well today. Some good individual performances with a better team. But late on, with a minute to go, when your goalkeeper kicks a ball, we've all been in that situation. Verbal communication. Ahmed, make sure you got him at the back. Tim, make sure we're right in the field. Make sure everybody's on the toes so that if that kick goes, that Mope doesn't, after one ball over the top, get in the back. We've got to make sure, we've got to be professional enough to grab all three points in the Premier League. This Premier League will upset you at any moment if you're not totally prepared. And for, this is the learnings we talked about for Patrick Vieira. He's a rookie manager. His team are showing some good signs on the pitch, mm. but a really harsh lesson today how to see a game out. It's tough. It is. It's, mm. it's, it's unforgiving because these mistakes happen. It's hard to legislate for them. I actually have it written down here. Well done, Patrick Vieira. Mm. Made two subs, brought Kuyate on for Milivojevic at extra legs in the midfield, took off uh, Edward, brought on Benteke, just get the ball up to the big fell, let him hold it, see the game out with 20 minutes left. And they did that. They had it. They had it there. Are we seeing it, though, continuously here? A bit of magic mm-hmm. with this Brighton club? Well, there's a bit of belief. Mm-hmm. Um, you see that with the players. They didn't stop. There's, le- what, 30 seconds left on the clock. A lovely ball in behind. Mope now. That's four Premier League goals for him. That's up at the top. With a little bit on tactics ball, talking about he needs to get goals. He needs to get 15 of this team to go close. And it keeps him up there. It keeps a belief in the group that what Graham Potter and his team are doing can keep them up at the top end of the league. Adam Lalana, his thoughts after this match. Adam, given the rivalry in this one, how satisfying was it to silence Selhurst Park at the end there? Yeah, of course, it was a huge point for us. <clears throat> um, great character and resilience from the boys. I think we proved that this year that we've, um, you know, we're less naive. Um, we don't need to be at our best to get results, and I think you, you need that in this league. Uh, the, the quality of the teams this year are the best it's ever been. And um, you just sometimes need to find a way to get results, and, and we've shown that so far this season. Palace made the breakthrough with a penalty. Did you think that Danny Welbeck should have got a penalty? Of course. Um, the problem is when you're an, as honest as Danny is, he wants the chance, but it's obviously on the officials to kind of still reward him for his um, for his honesty. Their penalty pr- probably was a penalty, but he's, he's decided to go down instead of stay up and shoot. So sometimes that happens, you know, you, you don't get rewarded for, for being honest, but um, it's part and parcel of football. Is it fair to say that you didn't have as much success down the flanks for this one? Uh, possibly. I'll have, to, I'll have to look at the game back. You know, they, they controlled large parts of the first half. I think when that happens, you kind of need to... Um, just survive it together as a group. And, you know, we nearly did that. We nearly got to half time and changed a couple of things tactically. And I, I felt we were more in control second half. But listen, it's a derby, and when you're coming away from home, it's, it's a tough, tough ground to come to. The fans were, were very noisy, and um, you know, it was great to experience it. And it, of course, to get a goal in you know the last kick of the game is um, it's no fluke that that's earned from hard training, hard work. Um, and you know, good disciplined performances. And it's still a great run that you're on, and you did it without Eve Basuma as well. How much do you think you you missed his presence? Yeah, of course, he's a he's a big player for us, but we've we've got you know lots of players in the squad that can and can step up. And you know, Pascal coming today and was was brilliant after he'd been out uh, with an illness. Obviously, we picked up a couple of knocks tonight, so we'll have to uh, recover well before we've got Arsenal at home at the weekend. Neil, congratulations. Uh, What a moment for you. 
Uh, thank you very much, guys. Yes, indeed. I mean, it's been a tough game. Uh, I thought Palace played well and we weren't so good today. Uh, but I think the resilience of the team was uh, spot on. And in the end, yeah, we scored. So uh, we, we are definitely happy with this point tonight. Were you aware how late that was in the game? I think we were up to 95, just about 95 minutes before that goal kick was taken. Maybe you thought the game was up. Uh, actually, I knew because uh, before the goal kick, I asked the ref uh, how long was on the clock, and he said one minute. So I was like, okay, we might have one more chance, but we might not. And I don't know, the ball went in behind the defender, and yeah, I just, I just saw the ball coming, and I believed I could get it, and I did. And in the end, yeah, I scored. So very, very happy tonight. I don't know what, uh, what to say really. Neil, we've just analysed the goal and your actual body position when the ball's going to get put over the back of the defenders. You said you just mentioned the referee said how long was to go, but the defenders are square, but you're ready. You're ready for that ball over the top. Is that a typical striker's mentality? Uh, I think so. Uh, that's my mentality anyway. Like, uh, you've got to believe the ball is coming to you, even though uh, you might, might not get it, but... Uh, if you don't believe the ball is coming, like you, might, you might stop and then it's too late because the defender will be in front of you. So I always think, listen, this ball is coming, it's coming for me and I've got to be ready for it. Uh, and the whole game, uh, we didn't have much uh, to work with uh, for the forwards and the whole team basically. But uh, sometimes one chance is all, the, uh, all it takes to, to score and to, to, to get something from the game. Neil, this is Terry here. First and foremost, well done. Bonsoir Thierry. Yeah, oh wow, okay. I'm going to do it in French. <laughs> no, no he, I'm, I'm, I'm very happy because I don't know, I've been growing up uh, watching him scoring oh, wow. goals. Uh, so it's actually the first time I speak with him. So nice to meet you and like, oh. I'm grateful to speak with you. Thank you. I just, I just wanted to know, when did you decide that you were going to go over the keeper? Um, I need, a, I need to see it again, but I think when the ball bounced and uh, I watched the keeper, I saw him actually uh, not on uh, his line. Not too far though, but I will, um, like you mentioned before, I heard you saying it's really hard for a keeper to jump when you're running backwards. And as a striker, I know that. So I saw him like five or six yards in front of his line and I was like, OK, that's my chance to, uh, to put it above him. And... Yeah, I thought I, thought I did, uh, did well, uh, so I'm, I'm happy with this goal, yeah. I wanted to ask you another one, if, if you allow me to. If you don't allow me anywhere, I will ask it. <laughs> no, no, it's fine, it's fine. Anything you want, uh, Mr. Henry, anything you want. <laughs> no, I just wanted to know. I saw you at the very end getting into a little argument with Zah. What was that about? Personally, I liked it because it is a derby. They gave you some and at the end you gave them some. Um, exactly like you said, I think uh, football is nothing without fans and without um, like some involvement in between players. And it's, like you said, it's a derby, so everyone wanted to win. Uh, I mean, the atmosphere was, like, was really, really tough for us. And in the end, I scored and I looked at Zah, I smiled at him because I saw him uh, celebrating his penalty in the first half. Uh, and he gave actually some to our fans. And I don't know, you know, I, I won't say what he said and, or what I said, but it was just... You know, you know how it is um, on the pitch between players. Sometimes you you, you give a bit uh, of uh, banter on the pitch, and I think that was a good time for me and for us uh, as we scored the last minute. So obviously, it was the perfect timing to, to give him something. <laughs> well, well, Neil, you certainly seem to thrive from the energy that the fans are bringing to the Premier League again this season. A lot of people were talking about Brighton signing a new headline striker this summer. But you're the guy that's playing up front. You've scored four goals from 11 attempts so far. What's been the difference for you, do you think? Um, sometimes, as a striker, you go through up and downs. Uh, and last season, um, I studied the season pretty well. I scored a few goals. But then I had some issues, some physical problem, And then I lost some confidence. And I think uh, Thierry Henry uh, knows better than me. But sometimes you have spell where... Uh, somehow you do the same thing, but it doesn't work. And that's where I was last season. And uh, we had a, I had a very good break. And, you know, I just mentally uh, needed some rest. Uh, and I came back fresh. I knew the, the club was 
looking for a striker, but my mentality is always the same, like work hard. I know, I know my strength, I know what I need to work on, I know what I need to improve, but I also know that I can be a, uh, a goal scorer for this team and in this league. And, you know, I started the season with one goal, so obviously that gave me confidence, but now I need to be more consistent. Uh, I've got four goals so far, but the uh, Premier League season is really, really long. So I can't, I can't just be satisfied with what I've got so far. I just need to keep working hard and hopefully uh, I, will, I will improve and do better than last season. Well, you showed real class in front of goal this evening in that final moment. The team showed real character as well to get that point. Not quite enough to take you to the top. But how do you assess it six games in, being so close in such big company up there? Uh, thank you. Um, I think we are very, very disappointed to not be first in the league tonight because obviously we are Brighton and we are playing to win the championship. Uh, no, I'm just kidding because I know people will, will say oh, he's lost his mind already. But, you know, it was a great opportunity for us. It would have been fun to be top of the league, but overall it's just great start of the season. I think we have four wins uh, in six games, one draw and one loss. Uh, we can't ask for much. We need to be realistic and, and know uh, where we are. This is really good for us. Uh, but like I said, the season is just so long. So we can't, we can't just say, OK, great start. It will be easy the, the whole season because it will not. And we are playing Saturday against Arsenal. So it'll be a tough game. And, you know, in, in this league, you can't, you can't just rely on what you've done. You need to uh, get back to work tomorrow and just be ready for, for the next game. Neil, rest tranquille contre Arsenal, s'il te plaît. <laughs> okay, okay. Uh, but you know, you know, I, I really love playing against Arsenal. It's a great team. And yeah, I know, I know, I know. <laughs> I, I, but you know, uh, I, I hope I, you won't you won't be angry at me if I if I score some goals on, on Saturday. But I know oh. you'll be watching. I Neil, will. bonne de douche. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much. Bonsoir, merci. Merci, merci, merci. Bravo. <laughs> That's it for this edition of the Premier League on NBC podcast. Be sure to check out other episodes where you'll get a collection of our most spirited in-studio debates as well as exclusive on-site access. Plus, don't miss out on Premier League mornings, weekends at 7 a.m. Eastern on NBCSN and Peacock Premium. Bye for now. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also, 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.